Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Picard, can you believe we Picard. only have two episodes left? No, because it's a right mess right now. It's a whole big, nasty mess. The future's jacked up. I don't even know what's going on. What is Q's game? What is the Borg Queen's game? Who knows? But I also feel like, I mean, we could say this for the chat, but it feels like certain bad things do need to happen in order for the future to be what it is, but certain good things need to happen in order for the future to be. It's like complicated. Mm. Like you can't fix... You can't fix everything if you want it to go back the way it was. Anyway, I don't know. Butterflies. You know, here we are. This is Set Phasers, <laughs> a highly illogical <laughs> Star Trek podcast, which we almost forgot to say because mm. we almost treated this like a normal Zoom. And we started it illogically. <laughs> we did start it illogically, my dear people. Uh, yes, this, today's star date is star date. Oop. 22842.1. And we're talking about Picard, season two, episode eight, entitled Mercy. And uh yeah, things are getting uh things are getting much, much worse before they get any any better. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you I'll tell you what. But before we get into how crazy things are getting, we gotta do a little preamble about Patreon, our Patreon preamble. Yeah, what do you got? Fun stuff. Well, fun we stuff. Have, we have many things to entertain you with our Patreon program. Uh, least, the, the most important, possibly, is the Zoom Hangs. We like our community of Trek nerds, so we do that once a month, uh, where we all get together and we just chat about Star Trek and how it's going. Yeah, that's pretty much what we do. Sometimes Aki gives us a cooking show. Uh, we never really know what's going to happen, but it's delightful. Sometimes I show you my new glasses. That's you know? true. Yeah, we had to, you know, it was it was help Aki pick a new pair of glasses. Uh, are those mm-hmm. the pair that we picked? This is one of the pairs. This is the biggest pair of glasses. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, I told a friend yesterday, it makes me feel like I'm sitting uh, in the front of a bus constantly. <laughs> Just huge windows, they which are. I kind of like, but also feel like I look ridiculous, but I don't care. They're big squares. They suit you. They do suit you. I like them. I'm a, I'm a big square. So this all, this all works out. <laughs> if you want to be a big square with us, you can, of course, join us patreon.com forward slash set phasers for community hangs early access to video and uh, audio access and audio episodes i should say uh live as they happen at patreon.com forward slash set phasers oh sorry i was making squares with my hands all right let's (laughs) let's run it down episode eight mercy it's time to run it down can you run it down for me about the car Talk about card. Yeah, we did it. Even over, <laughs> over Zoom. I feel like this has just reminded me as a sidebar that I probably need to make a new one of those for Strange New Worlds. Yes. Well, uh, in theory, uh, and let's not forget Lower Decks. 
Oh, I should make one for Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. How would I even do that? Okay, mm-hmm. well, thoughts for thinking. Yeah. Uh, we still okay, haven't let's had talk new, ab- We haven't had the full seven song. You we have not had the full seven you song, have we? The full seven song. Well, we should, we should, we should. Uh, there's plenty of reason to play it. Okay. One never needs an excuse to play seven of nine. <laughs> She's seven of I really love uh, your, what is that, like a radio station that only plays Star Trek themed music? We yeah. never need an excuse to play Seven of Nine. And then like just as it drops, <laughs> it was perfect. That was really good. Thank you. I have had some you, training. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying you, you, should, you could have a serious show, like I on serious. It would be serious and on serious. Okay. Episode eight opens with a curious cold open. It's just a kid running in the woods. What are we watching? A Steven Spielberg film? <laughs> It did feel like he's, he's running in a forest with a big old flashlight. Chasing after his dog. He's looking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's my dog? Uh, but he's running and he's sliding and he falls and he drops his flashlight. He looks down at the flashlight, picks it up, and he tries to look at whoever he might be might be chasing him. <gasps> <laughs> it's Romul it's uh Vulcan Romul Vulcans. It's hard to tell in that quick one uh shot there. It was Romulans or Vulcans. I saw some ears. Anyway, we flash back to Picard and Guinan, who have been, yeah, uh, 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 arrested, detained in an FBI basement by Agent Wells, who who says, uh, you think you can do whatever you want, but I'll tell you what, this is the basement. And, and Guinan's like, oh, it's not even like the camera's not even on. Like, what's going on here? And he's like, this is where things come to die. Hopes, dreams, and as of today, aliens. Ah! And he's like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this business. Meanwhile, Seven and Rafi are still on the hunt for uh, Queen Gerati. I don't know what we're going to call her. Queen Gerati? Gerati Borg? I tried to come up with a a portmanteau for it, but I couldn't think of anything good. Like Borgerati? Borati? Borati. Ooh. Wow. I was really so obsessed with the jet. You're right. Borgati. <laughs> or Borgati, which sounds like a Ooh, sports car. Sweet car. Yeah, yeah. Borgati. Yes. yes. And and uh not to flash forward, but you know, Gerani's kind of, Borgati's moving like a like a pretty sweet car. Anyway, Seven and Rafi are still outside of that bar. Uh Rafi's like, come on, do your Borg thing. Figure out what's going on. Do it, you know. What would you do if she was Borg? And Seven's a little upset, like, hey, I'm not a Borg. I don't have implants. I'm a human now. Isn't it sweet? Uh then she's able to go and sweet talk the tavern owner. Tavern owner. The bar owner. I play too much DT. <laughs> she goes and talks to the bar owner. And uh <laughs> Where you where they sell potions. Yeah, where they sell the alchemist. And uh, ale in oak barrels. Yeah, it's this, we only have this ale and, and a mutton stew. <laughs> Who are you, stranger? Um, Gerardi left with the gentleman the previous evening, and so they and they went that away. So they're like, all right, let's do it. Back into the basement with what I described, at, the, at least at the beginning of the episode, as a very dumb FBI agent. Wells, I did not like his face or his demeanor. His manner offended me. Uh, in any case, 
He's trying to put the, you know, he's trying to put the screws to Picard and Guinan. But Guinan kind of turns the table. She's like, hey, look at you. Oh, you got something in your past. And this is, this is the camera's not connected. And, and the, you know, you're, 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 you're a frumpled suit. And you don't get a lot of sleep. No, Guinan can read people. Very empathetic. And she's like, this isn't professional. This is personal. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he storms out. Picard, meanwhile, is worried that because they know they he showed them some evidence of them being at the gala, that if the authorities know that they were at the gala and suspect that they're aliens, then they'll scrap the Europa mission just out of fear of what the aliens might do, which means they will have ruined the timeline again. But little does he know, everyone, every group of this party is ruining the timeline, <laughs> whether uh, deliberately or by mishap or because they're being controlled by a bored queen. Uh, we go back to Corey, who's still at her father's house. I think it's supposed to be the night before. It's, it's curious how time is working right now. Um, she's looking at that video again, and then she puts on her aspectus visor so she can see the room in which her father is working to get a, to figure out, like, did he truly, like, was I building a lab? What's going on? And as she's in there looking at what he did, who should approach her but Q? In, like, the meta thing? Yeah. Well, she goes, who are you? And he's like, I made this program for myself. I am, uh, he says, I'm a friend, a fire starter, a simulacrum waiting here for you to find me. And uh, shows her that uh, she was constructed. She was engineered. She was bioengineered uh, in a lab. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, I can send you a gift to help you, uh, you know, figure out what's going on. And he does send her a gift to her airlock. Uh, and it's more of that blue juice with a little tag on it that says freedom. Meanwhile, Raffian 7 uh, find the dude. He's a dead body next to uh, a dumpster. And they also find his phone. And they're wondering what the deal is with the phone. And they're kind of like uh, having an argument because uh, Seven's upset about Rafi pushing her to be more Borg-like and calls Rafi manipulative. Uh, and uh, they find the phone and it's missing the lithium that phones have, which is a some sort of metal that then seven has a, a flashback that they use these kinds of metals when they assimilate you to help your body take on the Borg nanoprobes. And Rafi's like, if she's become the queen, are we going to have to kill Jurati? And they're like, we don't know. But then they're able to, they are able to track down Jurati, uh, getting more of these quote, stabilizing metals by ripping them out of cars in some sort of chop shop around the corner. And, uh, Jurati runs over the cars, uh, knocks a gun out of Rafi's hand, throws a seven of nine, like 10 feet across the thing into a fence. And she's kind of woozy and wobbly on the ground. And she just starts lifting Rafi, like Darth Vader style, but with her real hands. Uh, she's choking Rafi out and Rafi's kind of losing consciousness. And then we hear Jurati's voice behind the board queen and her eyes start to shift ever so subtly saying no. So she, Rafi, so we know that Jurati is inside uh, Borgati. Is that what we said? Borgati. 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 We know that Jurati is inside Borgati, but uh, she doesn't seem like she's very much in control. But at these moments of high stress, she's able to get the queen to stop choking uh, Rafi just before she dies. Back to the FBI. Wells returns. He's like, oh, you say you're not aliens, but what about these other people that we saw at the party? They found all the people at the party, and they're like, oh, and, and this guy said this thing to one of our ice agents when he got detained, and I found your, uh, you look like you had a thing on your hand that said that you were thirsty, but you didn't go to a hospital, uh, so you went to a 
what do you call it? A clinic. And I found the clinic and I found this statement that this guy said where, you know, Rios was being like, I'm from the future. And my boss is a crusty old admiral who's like a flesh and blood robot, which uh, Picard takes a little exception to. And uh, also found the communicator. Mm. Uh, So it's a whole thing. Uh, Meanwhile, on La Serena, Rios himself is hanging out with Ricardo and Teresa. It's very stupid. Uh, I don't know why he's got them on the ship. It's quite possibly the most dangerous place he could have them. But, uh, uh, you know, romance is in the offing. Rios is like, hey, what's your life like with Ricardo? And she's like, oh, it's chaotic because of my life. But my upbringing was this way. The ship is in diagnostic mode. So he's like, don't worry about it. Uh, and Dr. Teresa Ramirez is like, she wants the deepest fundamental truth about Rios. There's definitely some romance in the offing. Uh, he Rios shows them how to use the replicators and says he can get whatever he wants. And so Ricardo asks for four slices of cake, which he immediately goes to eat. And while Teresa and Rios are sort of sparks are flying, uh, they're interrupted by Ricardo turning around saying he has a bellyache. But just before she leaves, Teresa plants one big fat old kiss on Rios's mouth uh, before she goes to take care of Ricardo. So love is in the offing and we still don't know what is going to happen with Rios. Meanwhile, uh, Q and Picard, uh, sorry, Guinan and Picard have been separated and uh, Wells is digging in on Picard. Meanwhile, Q finally shows up. He meets Guinan. Uh, oh, I found this quote that I forgot to separate out. But he's like, ugh, I hate you, Guinan. And uh, uh, she, sends, she says that she felt the emptiness and fear that she felt she thought was her own. But it wasn't her own. It was coming from Q. And she realizes that Q is dying or, or, or as Q likes to call it, on the threshold of the unknowable. But something about him seems crazy and driven, and he doesn't know. He's just trying to redeem himself, and what's the deal with this trap? And he says that the trap is immaterial, and it's the escape that counts. And 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 Guinan's like, why have you put them in the past? And Q, as he walks out, says, humans, they're all trapped in the past. Meanwhile, Corey confronts Soong at the house, uh, finds out that it is true, finds out that he is an egomaniac. She confronts him about whether or not he loves her. He says he does, but she's like, you love your work. And then he admits it. He says, anyone can procreate. You exist because I willed it. Kudos to Brent Spiner for this acting here. He got real intense and scary. Like uh, He did, but in fairness, it's not the first time. I mean, he's been playing some version of Soon for over 30 years. <laughs> Yes, I mean, I, I added that to the chat section. Okay. But yes, he's been playing some version of Soong for, for so long. But it's fun. It is. I honestly thought he was going to go after her and, like, murder her. That's what I'm saying. He he seems so murderous. I was like, ugh, you know. Mm-hmm. But then he just drinks himself into a stupor because he's a big, dumb, dummy, dumb, dumb, dumb. Anyway, uh, she, yes, she took the freedom juice. She walks out. She's like, if you follow me, I call the police. And then she goes off into God only knows what Corey goes off into. And is that part of the past that was supposed to happen or not part of the past supposed to happen? Picard did mention a few episodes ago that uh, that period of history between like now-ish and first contact is very fuzzy. So we don't know. Lots of crazy stuff could happen. Do I sense a spinoff show? Uh, Rafi and Seven, they're still alive. They're still on the search. And they figure out that 
using the phone that uh, Gerardi is trying to make primitive nanoprobes. And so she's going to be trying to find out how to make better nanoprobes so she can actually assimilate. That's why she killed the guy, because she couldn't assimilate him. And she craves the connection of the, the collective. <laughs> um, they're able to boost uh, to, like, jailbreak. I don't know how you would describe it. To, like, jump the phone using their tricorder and find out who she last uh, did a Google search on. I wonder who that could be. Uh, well, I'll tell you, because she shows up. Sung, as I said, is drinking himself into a stupor now that Corey is gone. And his life's work is f- f- falling through his fingers. Oh, woe is Sung. And Gerardi shows up and he's like, huh, who are you? And she's like, I don't know. Might be the best thing that happened to you. Might be your doom, buddy. Wells is still interrogating. Um, but uh, uh, Guinan is able to do this like weird, I don't know, self astral projection thing that causes all the lights to flicker and she tells Picard all humans are trapped are stuck in the past repeating what Q said and but indicative of talking to Wells and that allows Picard and Wells allows Picard to ask Wells like why is this personal for you what is it that you are are dealing with and so Wells is able to tell his story which is (gasps) he was the young boy in the cold open running through the woods looking for his dag with the flashlight He's the one that stumbled across Vulcans on a ship in the woods, which uh, I think that translate. I, I got like a I could I didn't look this up, but I think there's an episode of Enterprise where they pretend to be they have to go back in time and land on the planet. And so there are Vulcans. They know we know that Vulcans were there before first contact, kind of monitoring the human species actually landing on Earth. Anyway, that doesn't matter. It could be true. It could not be true. I could be misremembering. Anyway, he comes across them. They give chase, so he feels. He runs, he falls. He thinks they're trying to crush his head, but actually they're trying to perform a mind meld. They were trying to erase the memory, but they got transported out before they could do so. So he's been left with this memory that has been driving him his whole life. And he says, I knew I'd never be a normal person after that experience. But now he knows that this Vulcan was not trying to kill him. And then Picard is able to tell him his truth, which is that he's from the 25th century and he's here trying to save not only the world, but the entire galaxy. And that, in order to do that, he'll need wells's help so wells is still a dumb fbi agent but i kind of i get that he's he's dealing with trauma meanwhile uh rios is still on the ship the transporter is offline he's worried about it because he knows something is very very wrong why is he locked out of the transporter controls what could that be guinan and picard are reunited i guess because wells is like fine they talk about what q said they talk about uh kind of like uh, what she forgot about humans is that they hold when they break uh when they hold trauma they 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 keep it they don't just leave it and they work on it in order to evolve to grow and that maybe q is trying to figure out how to how to grow around a traumatic event i don't know we we're not sure exactly what's going on with q she says he seemed crazy wells comes back in with his box he's like i've been fired on the man who cried alien more than once he admits that he hadn't informed any wells up in the agency that uh that he had found these aliens or shown them any proof. And so uh, that part of the timeline sort of is protected because it's just Wells that knows. But, uh, and Guinan says like, maybe you had to be that boy in the woods who was scared so you could be that man here today letting us go. Maybe indeed this is what was needed. And then Wells is like, well, you guys better get moving. Meanwhile, Borgati is using Sung's uh, equipment, I guess to make more sophisticated nanoprobes. She tells Sung that... uh, he can help her that uh, he has an option. He's in a man at a, at a crossroads. 
He can either, Rene Picard is going to go in the Europa mission and find something on Europa that makes Sung's works work obsolete. Uh, or she will fail to go on that mission and he will become the the grandfather of a new age with monuments built in his name. I don't know if this is like true or what this is supposed to be, but it's what she sees, maybe because she's the board queen and she has like trance time awareness. And she tells him that if he helps her, she can help him become that person and they need to get rid of Picard. And he's like, how are we going to get rid of Picard? And she's like, I can get you Picard and the means to dispose of him in return for the raw materials that I need. And so we, and so it's as that is happening, Rafi and, and, uh, Rafi and Seven and Rios and Ricardo realizing that this is the Borg Queen getting a 400 year head start on, uh, assimilating the galaxy. Uh, and what do we find being the situation? They realize that this is all going to lead back to the ship. She's going to come back to the ship and she's going to try to use the ship to do her thing. Sung calls in a favor for Borgati. And what is that favor? He gets some of those spearhead soldiers that we heard about, all ex-special forces that he had been working on to make, like, sort of, you know, massaging their genome to make them sort of super soldiers. And what does she do to them? Why Obviously. she a And Sung is like, look of horror on his face. Yes, it's a dun 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 moment. It is a dun 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 moment. Truly a look of horror on his face, uh, but also wonder. Hmm. Um, and that is the end of episode eight, of season two of Picard, entitled Mercy. I wish they would have mercy on us. It's really getting disastrous. It looks like these uh, we go. Let's chat. about. <laughs> I say, darling. Let's do a quick chat about that. Yes. Uh. The Battle of La Serena. It's coming. It is. The fight on Chateau Picard. Yeah. Oh, boy. So did Gerard, did Borgati lock the transporter so that she could use them to come back aboard with her small army to take over the ship? And now Rios is going to be there with a, 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 a doctor and her child unable to defend himself against uh, not only a Borg queen, but also like proto-Borg. There's going to be a reason that air. Do they do they die? And and I mean, Rios has to live with that. That's the only well, you know, it's a trauma that he will carry and help him evolve into the future, I guess. But mm. I mean, that would be upsetting. It'd be too bad. But it would be the only way that he would go back to the future now, because she's kissed him, and we all know that Rio. That's all Rio wants, baby. And she's super, you know, like cute. No, but not only that, you know, like in season one, Rios was like, I'm reading books about existentialism and philosophy and what truly does exist and how do we live as our people. And she's got that whole vibe going on, too. She's like, we've been together for 10 years. That whole thing about the they're in a marriage that has staled and but they're they're on a way to a thing and it rains. and The car breaks down and they're at a crappy hotel and she tells him a secret. And so she wants to know. Her. So anyway, he's that's like that's, that's, that's that's catnip to Rios, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, what about uh, what about the moment with Rafi and Seven? And Rafi's having this moment. You know, Seven says to her, "You manipulate everyone." Yeah, they're both sort of like uh, lashing out at each other mm. now. Uh, 
I didn't mention the flashback that Rafi has, uh, yes. but she has a flashback when she says, I am manipulative of her sort of like convincing Elnor to join Starfleet, which is part of why she's carrying so much guilt about Elnor being dead right now. Mm. That was that was useful information. That was good context. Context is for kings, after all. Context is for kings. How dare you invoke the words of Lorca to me? <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I'm that so was sorry. useful. I they're you know, but they also obviously very much care for each other, but mm. they're not perfect. And we also learned in that same exchange with the manipulation stuff that maybe part of Seven's uh, inability to commit connect settle down is that uh like the queen she you know there's nothing that really compares to the connection uh, of being in the collective i was so interested in what you might think of that whole interaction because i was like seven was pissed and i'm like why are you so mad because she's like what am i to you and i think it had to do with the borg thing mm -hmm. yes but I, I i just was struggling to understand why she was pissed at rafi for that I think she, I think Seven is, this whole season seems to be about the the issues that we carry with us, whether they're old or new or fresh. Like some people are going to get fresh ones, some, you know, like history making us choose what kind of person we're going to be. Mm -hmm. That's what it seems like to me. And so I think the for Seven, who's always the one who's like visibly carrying the weight of having been Borg literally still has these parts of the implants on her being free, being a human interacting with people is like so exciting for her. Mm -hmm. uh, and so wonderful to finally be liberated. And we remember, and she states in this episode, she was assimilated at the age of six, you know? So she's finally getting to live an adult life as a human being. And I think she's upset that Gerard, that uh, Rafi is sort of like pushing her, Back to, to be like Borgy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's like, be a Borg. And she's like, no, I don't want to be a Borg. Borg up, lady. Yeah. Borg up, lady. Yeah. Uh, what would you do if you were the Borg? And she's like, I'm not a Borg. <laughs> I, I don't a have Borg. Big I'm not a Borg. I can't I'm track anyone. Now. I'm a human. Yeah. yeah, I can talk to people now and they don't freak out. Mm. Yeah. Did you notice that's, the... that's complicated? It is complicated. Did you notice there was a um, a double moment where Rafi said, sorry, Seven says, what am I to you? And then mm -hmm. Picard says it to Wells. Yeah. What was that? Yes. I don't know. I'm not sure. No, That's a, it's a curious. Draw that I think there was a lot in this episode. Well, at least that moment I noticed. And also repeating things to people that other people said or saying things multiple times that have Q that can have multiple yeah. meanings. Q and, you know. But yeah, this concept that humans are trapped in the past, it's not that they're trapped in the past, but to Q, they would seem that way. It's that they are they are un unable, unable to relinquish what has happened to them in the past and it forces them to to be innovative in their, yeah, in their mm -hmm. movement forward, which Q, I think, is either trying to learn, maybe, or is trying to understand as he faces possibly his death. So that's the other thing to chat. Is Q dying? And what does that even mean? I don't know. And where's, I mean, really, if we're going to say Q's dying, where's his son? Where's Q2? Yeah, I'm not that I like his son. His son no. sucks. But yeah, where is his child? Don't know. I don't know if he's dying. Oh, it's so hard. He may just think he's dying because he doesn't understand how to deal with. Is he evolving and he doesn't know what's happening next? 
it seems like he thought that he was evolving, but now he feels like he's fading. And so he thinks that he's dying, but perhaps he is evolving. And it's the whole, this is going to be a whole metaphor for death and how like, yeah, you go to this undiscovered country from who's born, no traveler returns. Yeah, I worked in Shakespeare. Uh, and uh, and so he's afraid hmm. what he is. Because he's lost know, his that's... powers before. The collective have taken his powers from him. We've seen episodes yeah. of that in Voyager and uh, TNG. Yeah, but I don't think he's ever had them fade in a way that makes him think he's changing. It's always been something that's mm-hmm. been removed. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, Rios gets a kiss. Something else I wrote. Mm-hmm. And also, the Borg Queen turns Soong into Soong. Mm-hmm. You know? And what... what, what, what so this Soong is the one who who fathers and or engineers Noonien Sung? I don't know. I hadn't even thought of that. Is that the deal? Maybe. Is that why he was so old? Well, I don't know. I don't know how this is 400 years before uh, Next Generation and there's the whole Khan thing and uh, those those people were made by Sung, right? The super soldiers. I didn't realize they were made by Sung. I thought that they were, uh, but I I could be confused because that's like another Enterprise connection. You remember that Spiner comes on there playing one of the songs. Should we Google right. whether who? Yeah, can you Google that? If you, if you, want to, you can Google that. Here you go, people. We are doing your Star Trek homework. We're digging uh, deep. Yes, he comes on. Uh, Enterprise has Eric Soong, a brilliant je- doctor of genetics in the 22nd century. I think that this Soong is the one that is responsible. Khan, Khan Noonien Singh. Oh, no. So it's not a Noonien Soong. It's Eric Soong. Yes. I thought it was a Singh. Khan's, Khan is a Singh. Noonien Soong. But I thought there was a connection. Maybe it's just a homophonic thing and I'm a dummy. I'm going to look that up in detail because it's too much to read about the sungs, sungs and sings. We shall bring it back to you next week. Yes, we shall bring it back to you next week. But anyway, uh, it's curious to watch Sung become Sung. And that was the thing I was mentioning earlier. Like, is this a bad thing that needs to happen? Like, if Sung doesn't become Sung and do all the terrible things that he does, we also don't get data in the future, which is critical, you know? And, you know, so, like, stopping Sung may may be, like, a thing. They have to be, like, we have to stop the Borg Queen, but we don't want to stop Sung because that could hinder the timeline that could come, you know? That's a question. I, I don't know. I'm trying to preserve the timeline. Anyway, those are my chats. Let's move on to quotable moments. Quotable moments. What do you got? Well, first, let me dig out the one that I forgot to separate that's just in the rundown. It's when Q meets Guinan, and he says, uh, she's Guinan says, oh, you're Q. And he says, and you are the multi-celled, sanctimonious, droning shrew known as Guinan. (laughs) I thought it was a lot. Is that what he said when he met her in TNG as well? I can't remember. I'm sure he said other things to Guinan like that. Something like that, yes. Uh, And he does mention in that scene that he's like, we have yet to meet, I forget. Also, he's gone back in the past to give himself more time. Is that a thing that's happening? He says he has a lifetime now. I don't know. Uh, And uh, what's my next quote? Uh, 
I liked Wells's quote when he comes in and his, you know, obsession's only obsession until it pays off. Then it's diligence. This alien hunters conspiracy theorist. Yeah, because when Lorca comes back, you better believe I'm going to say that quote to you. Okay? Just prepare yourself. When Lorca comes back and he's the big bad at the end of season one of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, I'm going to say obsession is only obsession. Don't <laughs> then it's diligence. Oh, God. Uh, did you have anything? I have uh, two more, but I feel like one you're definitely going to have. Probably. I had two, and I had one Rafi to seven. You're going to have to Borg up, lady. Mm. Love that. Loved it. You probably have this one. Pardon? You're going to have to Borg up. I, I want a t-shirt that says that. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. My other was uh, Guinan. I think when Picard says, what time is it? And she goes, I'm sensitive to the space time continuing. I'm not a clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Uh, yes. And I guess then the last one is just the final line of the episode. Gerardi, as she, uh, uh, Borgati, as she assimilates the soldiers, she says, Who's in the mood to add a little of their biological and technological distinctiveness to our own? <laughs> Which I thought was so crazy and insane. And again, uh, Alison Pill just doing a bang up job. Alison just Pill, playing like... completely against her type from season one. Mm-hmm. Just uh, immensely good. Showing so show, yeah. showing I can't say it. Showing so much. Oh shit. She's showing a lot of depth. Showing She's a lot demonstrating. Of depth. A lot of depth in her A broad, skills. dramatic range. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember Killer Warrior. Killer Warrior Ramajimats. Killer Warrior Ramajimats. Never forget. Never, elephants never forget Killer Warrior Ramajimats. Elephants never forget Killer Warrior Ramajimats. I mean, it's as easy to say as it is to remember. Okay, well, that's quotable moments, oh boy. ladies and gentlemen. I guess we're moving on to next time, unless there's news. Uh, no, oh no, I forgot. No news no, this no week. Fancy news. Oh dear. No news. Next time. On to next time. On set phasers. Yeah, baby. Next time on set phasers, we'll be talking about the penultimate episode of season two of Star Trek Picard, episode nine, entitled, as I googled, Hide and Seek. So perhaps this will not be the outright battle that we suspect. Perhaps it will be a a match of uh, wits uh, and or uh, uh, investigation. Uh, In any case, we'll be here doing that. And if you enjoyed this episode, then tune in for that episode. We put out new episodes of our podcast every week that there's track when we can, as long as I don't screw things up. And uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. So do that. Find us. Tell somebody else about us and stuff. Follow us. That's the new thing. It's not subscribe anymore. It's follow yeah, don't subscribe. Just follow. Yeah, do leave us a rating as well. It, uh, actually, yeah. apparently, it makes absolutely no difference about people finding us, but uh, people still say that it does. It's bullshit. I know. Uh, but please do follow us on Patreon. Uh, that actually does make a difference uh, because, you know, we can buy nerdy things for ourselves. We can create T-shirts that say, hey, Borg up, lady, if you want hey, one. Hey, Borg up, lady. Just, you know, we do what people want. If that's something you would desire and, and we could have our little logo somewhere on it, I'll do it. Why not? I'll tell my wife. In- she makes Indeed. things. Indeed. I just realized that that shirt out of context would look very strange on me, but hey, whatever. Borg. I'm going to wear it. <laughs> hey, Borg up, lady, on my shirt. Borg I'm just up, like, lady. Uh, can I get a cappuccino, please? Um, yes. 
Also, we're on social media. Of course we are. Uh, as Set Phasers Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, feel free to follow us and join in the conversation of all things track. Meme Game Strong, that's Stevie. Mm-hmm. That's uh, at... Po- oh, shit. What is it? It's at Set Phasers and at Set Phasers Podcast. Yes, at Set Phasers and at Set Phasers Podcast. And I'll... Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Until next time, I am the swearing sailor Stevie. And I am nothing but a pig in a jar. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical <laughs> Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. <laughs>